Um, the heads up, we're doing work on our counter. So, if, like, you may hear banging, and that's us breaking up our granite. So, po apologies if you, do you hear the banging. Nothing. No, there's a sledgehammer being taken. Joke? Are you setting up your mom joke? No, I'm not. There's a sledgehammer being taken to granite in my kitchen. That's not a joke. Did you get to swing the sledgehammer? I did. Okay, at least you got to swing the sledgehammer. Yeah, I got to drop the sledgehammer on our precious granite, and it was nice. Hi, I'm a child. Still, forever, always. Fuck you. Stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> Woo! Just, just start the fucking intro. <laughs> <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Who Asked You, the podcast absolutely nobody asked for, but we are going to provide. My name is Caleb LaChapelle, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Ross Parker and Louis Bataro. How's it going, boys? What have we been up to? Hello. Glad to be back again. I'm, you know, just just happy to be here. Uh, taking it one day at a time, you know, Lord willing, we'll win the games. Um not a ton of watching um too much content i mean i'm caught up on uh, on all of our assignments of of uh the mcu and, and star wars but uh, you know uh i mean ant-man is ant-man four out yet i don't even know um but i uh you know if I, in terms of content consumption i watched uh the the 2022 classic dog last night Ooh. Tanning Tatum and actually was better than I expected. So I feel like that's one of those movies where you know what you're getting out of it. Absolutely. But it but it was just incrementally better. But uh the big news in my in my family and my house is that uh as you know, my daughter Kelsey plays uh Crescent Valley basketball. Uh she's a sophomore, and they concluded the regular season uh getting the sweep of the crosstown rivals of Corvallis High School. A uh, little girl just, uh, they were putting some full court pressure on her in the game, and she just drove it up against her really good defender, crossed her over, dropped her, and and kicked for a, a, a wide open three for her her teammate. Um, and they won, they won that game handily. And then uh, they opened their first round of the playoffs uh, Friday night um, and uh, beat Summit from Bend. Ooh. 50 to 19. Jesus. And the only reason it was that close is because we shot like shit. Uh, <laughs> they Summit didn't get an, a basket until there was a minute and a half left in that first half. Oh, my God. It, they had four points on, on free throws. And the second free throw or call or the, the second time they sent somebody to the line, it was, yeah, we're just going to let. I don't think you fouled them, but we'll say that you did so they can maybe put some points on the board. It was gross. Just a gross beating. So, uh, returning champions are going back to Gill on Tuesday night, six thirty against South Albany. Our our league, our our the team that we finished ahead of in league, 
but they are they got the three seed and we have the six seed because the OSAA ranking system is insane, fucking stupid. But it's okay, we're there. Uh, and so, as a tribute, I watched uh, a true underdog movie uh, Friday night, a 1976 classic, Best Picture. You've heard of it, you've seen of it, you know of it. His name's Rocky Balboa, and still, and of course now, now that I went to Philly last last May, you know, I'm like, I was there, I was there. I ran up the steps, you know. So. Was it the original one or was it that Rocky Balboa? No, no, no. It was Rocky. Now, okay. now Rocky Balboa is a pop, you know, it's very popular in my home because that the cuz is in that as well. And it's now, also a worthy s- sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's underrated because it because it doesn't have a Roman numeral next to it. So it kind of gets lost in the Rocky discussion. Yeah. Um, and and so many people were like. After Rocky Five, they just kind of hated on it so much. But and Rocky that, Five is totally hateable. That in Rocky Balboa, that entire monologue between Rocky and his son is still stacks up. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah, absolutely. I but still yeah. think there is no bigger disparity between um the levels of the OSA, like 6A versus 5A versus 3A, whatever, then where the 3A and lower basketball state championships are played and where the 4A and higher basketball state championships are played. Wait, isn't 4A, though, like in Marshfield? Oh, 4A might be in Marshfield. It might be just 5A and 6A. Because 5A all plays at Gill, and then 6A all plays at Moda. Is that still what four, it is? Four A's at Four A's at Forest Grove High School. Okay, so never mind. Four A <laughs> can get lumped in with us. Three A, we got to go to the the community center in Pendleton, Oregon, to play state basketball. But oh yeah. To be no, fair, now that's two A. Three A's is in is in Marshfield. Oh, okay. I I bit up on that's because I've constantly been. Refreshing. I guess we were two A when I was there. We bounced yeah. back and forth between two one, A. And three one A is in Baker. Yeah, one A's in Baker. Baker's gym's nice though. Yeah. Um, but but, but like the only cool a's... thing about Pendleton, at least the old uh, Phoenix Suns basketball court is uh-huh. it is what you play on in the community center in Pendleton, Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I five A I think has the best because you know Gill so Gil is more more of an experience than six uh, A where you play at uh, the Child Center, which is a yeah. nice. It's a great gym, great facility, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not like a location. But uh, Ross, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, let's see. Caught up on Mando, obviously. Uh, caught up on Last of Us. It wouldn't be a Ross segment without throwing some love out to the Bachelor and Vanderpump Rules. Okay. And you still haven't seen Ant Man. <laughs> see this stuff. I can watch in my home while I'm working from home. <laughs> All right, Louie. <laughs> I'm getting. I feel like I'm getting attacked a lot right now, and I'm not. But Ant Man, you can this. eat popcorn while you watch it. <laughs> this requires having time to leave my home, Caleb. <laughs> I do want to watch Ant Man. I need to get in for it. And now with Creed three coming out, yes, no, two days ago. Excuse yeah. me. I want. I I need to get into the movies for some shows. Um, let's see. Other than that, Formula One racing officially kicked off today. Exciting to have that sport back. And then lots of golf, watching lots of golf. I actually got out to the driving range yesterday, but part of it is with my job. I worked with the PGA Tour a bunch, and it's kind of cool to 
flip on these tournaments. Oh, I helped them with this marketing or I helped them with that. Or, oh, I talked about Jordan Spieth and our marketing creative. And, oh, we're adding Justin Thomas this. So it's cool to kind of watch these dudes after helping with these tournaments. Yeah, that is cool. And full swing kind of got me like the drive to survive effect with Formula One where, okay, I'm really into this now. I want to watch these dudes. Yeah, I had the same sort of feeling with uh, Full Swing. I like wasn't quite ready to brave the somewhat cold. I am in Memphis, so it's not really that cold uh, to go out and play. And then that came out. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go out on Monday or Tuesday if it's not pissing rain this week. It was nice to get out. And I t- played around with my swing a little bit. So it's nice to kind of start understanding, like get a little bit better. Just a little bit. Did you ever take the golf class at Oregon State? I did. I did. I, I took golf one i believe it was with bob with bob bob's awesome <laughs> bob's the goat dude i love bob um he's a great guy yeah i i did golf one in uh at corvallis is what was it like to that one at some point when you get far enough in those golf pack classes you just go out and play 18 right or play uh, both? golf two was my favorite golf one was okay it was a lot of time like in the little uh hitting stalls right there by yeah. um, by Goss, which was cool that they were right there. I never They used to be old stalls for horses, I think. Like on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, See, you know that little patch of grass right across uh, the way from Goss's front, uh, front gates? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right back there, there's like old horse stalls that they've made into golf, like practice range, like practice your shots. Oh, that's they so have, cool. Harps hung up back there. Yeah, that's where we would go during rainy days for golf one. And then there was the little three whore, three hole course over you by the river. just call it three whore. I three sure did. Whore three whore course. <laughs> See, for me, I didn't get that. That must have been newer for you. For golf one, for me, we were actually like at the driving range at Tristing. Yeah, we, we went to the driving range once uh, at Tristing it, during golf it, one, and then go, golf two was like once a week or every other week we would have to go and like get actual instruction. And then on the off weeks, it was like your assignment this week is to play 18 holes and tell me that you did. That's cool. That's so cool. It was awesome. Golf and uh, bowling, two favorite classes I took at Oregon State. Volleyball three for me. Hands down. We just go in there and we're playing volleyball scrimmages all day. The pack horses were so fun. Yeah, um, I, I I had two straight years of volleyball at Willamette. My vertical was awesome. I think I had a, after my like freshman year. I think I had a pack course every single term just to either make it to fifteen or just because I wanted to. Yeah. Relaxation, best one though. Oh, so I I totally disagree. I took that thinking I could sleep in there all the time, but now I was ended up doing yoga, laying on my back with my legs in the air. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Oh, they, they let us sleep. (laughs) I think it depends on what instructor you get. So the instructor that I had, it was like me and three buddies and every single class at the start, she she would outline a little area because we did it on the IM fields outside. We all had to bring our little yoga mats and then she would outline one little area where we could put it if we just wanted to sleep or talk. And then another area where she would actually do yoga with people. No, 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 I must, whoever was teaching it in 98 or what, 99, it was, it was not so, it was like, it was rough. These damn kids nowadays. I had to do, I had to do, I had to do like an ab workout. That's some bullshit. That sucks. That's not relaxing at all. 
No. You lay on your back with your legs in the air. Pass. Hard pass. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, Mando season three, we mentioned it. Uh, they put the Hunger Games movies, all of them, on Netflix. Uh-huh. Had fun watching those over the last couple of days, returning to that dystopian-ass world. Uh, I'm assuming they did it in preparation for the new movie about to get announced, or like an, a release date announced anyway. I'm sure. Well, it's like Rocky, the Rocky movies all just popped on Netflix this weekend too, right? Yeah. Same deal. And then what else did I watch? Oh, as you bring that up, I rewatched uh, Creed 1 and 2. Not even realizing that Creed 3 came out this weekend. I knew it was coming out soon, so I decided to throw them on. Now, I'm all caught up. I still need to watch two. I, I, I'm excited to get that one in. You've never seen two, right? Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. You need to watch it. That's a good time. Training montage in two all time. One of the best, like up there really? with original Rocky training montage and Rocky two oh. training montage. I think Rocky true Rocky two is underrated for the yes. training montage because that's Rocky when he's chasing the chicken. Yeah, Rocky so, two's is great. And he gets the the and he goes running the running and everybody's running with him. So. I think I mentioned I think I mentioned this last week on the pod. Just rewatched Creed one for the first time. It must have been six or seven years. Since I've seen Creed one, I forgot how I had so much fun with it, and I, so it made me really excited to get to two. Honestly, honestly, I don't even like. I'm I'm thinking, there, uh, Rocky training montages are undefeated. Like oh, hundred percent. You know, like Rocky four. Oh, I'm gonna be in Russia. I'm gonna you know chop wood and then run up to the top of this mountain and yell Drago, Drago. <laughs> Or, they were or so Rocky good 3, that I'm they... going to go running on the coast, but I can't until I get the eye of the tiger. I can't keep up with Apollo. And then finally, I'm going <laughs> to catch him in the ocean. And we're going to jump together and hug. And it's going to be great. You know, I mean, training montages. They were so good that they spawned a trope. Like the trope of the training montage came from Rocky. Yeah. Right. You don't get, uh, you know, the crane, the crane and the silhouette picture of, uh, uh, Daniel song without it. Without it, no, you don't. Uh, Did you I think know? I... I learned this this weekend. The director of Rocky, the, the 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 first one, ended up going off and doing the Karate Kid. He was the director of the Karate Kid. I and did not know subsequent that. Subsequent films, so that checks out. John Abelson. Wait, John the original Rick. Karate Kid or the remake? The original one. Okay. The the eighty three. Right, right. That makes sense. Then he brought his uh, his training montage power over. Yes, he did. All right, let's hop into the news here. We got a little bit of a news wrap up. Light week. We're gonna spend most of the episode talking about episodes four, five, six, and seven of The Last of Us. Doing a little more in depth on that, and then doing a little review and where are we going for season three, episode one of The Mandalorian. We'll check in with our uh game of Min- mando bingo but let's start it off we got a full trailer for ted lasso season three how are you boys feeling we're at 10 days away we are we're Talk so to close me. 10 days 10 days away 25 days till spring training i think i'm more hyped for ted lasso you know <laughs> i joined the ted lasso train late and I got in there when both seasons had fully dropped, so I never had to wait on this. It's it's a weekly drop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, see, the last two, I just burned through nonstop. So it's 
going to be a new test for me this season, being patient episode to episode. The episode to episode wait for Ted Lasso is one of the hardest. Not going to lie. You could pretend Paul Rudd's in it and not see it at all. <laughs> Dude, leave it alone. Um, I'm not, I'm not loving, I'm not loving the implications that we're going to get a Nate redemption arc here. Ted's got, I get it. Ted's Ted. Everybody gets redeemed on Ted. I, I, I appreciate the point you made though, Caleb, about sometimes like the right thing to do is let the relationship go. Like Part of Ted's healthy healing at the end of Ted's like run with the doc, she's got to tell him that he can't save everybody. Yeah. yeah, but but look at it. Th- look at it this way. I mean, Jamie Tart is a new person. Roy Kent found joy in his life. Yeah, because of Ted. Rebecca was she was the the owner of the Cleveland Indians in Major League, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she, found, you know, like everybody Ted encounters, he helps them. And that's maybe, fair. Maybe, maybe but nobody is, ha- help everybody else, but he never helps himself. Yes, that is another one. But this is helping himself. Cutting Nate off is helping himself. Nobody's ever, di- nobody in the show so far has directly attacked Ted. They're. There was a little unique rant I heard once about the difference between being nice and being kind. And some sometimes to be kind, you have to do things that aren't nice, like remove toxic people from your life. Like even Ted, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like even Rebecca didn't directly do anything mean to Ted. Ted was just kind of about to fail. Yes, but she wasn't doing that to Ted. She She was was doing that to her club. She was was doing it to. She was doing it to what was the the husband's Rupert. name? Yeah, to, she trying to hurt Rupert. yeah, she was trying to hurt Rupert, and Ted was kind of the collateral damage. And then once she realizes who Ted is, she feels bad about it and she stops. Yep, because he's Ted Lasso. Yeah, but but mm-hmm. but no, but I mean, she was willing to disrupt. The, you know, I'm going to take this uh, American and have him come over here, and oh, let's see, fuck up his family all the way, right? I mean, that that was a reality of it. Yeah, it ended his marriage. So, um, she was she was selfish. She was hurt. She was hurt by Rupert, and this was a way to lash out. It so. is a big hurt people hurt people thing. Yeah. yeah. But Nate made up made up his own hurt. Well, Nate's got issues. Nate's got mega daddy issues. Yeah, that's true. He mega. Does. Probably worse than Jamie's, but. Well, not as abusive as well, Jamie's. Oh. Yes, because, because not as directly I, physically abusive as Jamie's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Jamie, Jamie's dad's way worse of a human being. Oh, 100%. Nate's dad just never paid him any attention. Yeah. And Nate also has the added ethnic problems with that father-son relationship, also that Jamie's doesn't. Yeah. Jamie's Nate, dad's just a drunk. Jamie's dad's just an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate's dad wanted him to do more for his life than just care about football. Yeah. So, and probably thought probably thought he was going to max out as just uh, equipment guy, and and that that was a waste of his talents. Yeah. 
And and it was, but only only the saintly Ted Lasso could find more in him. Could find it and see it. And I know that by the end of it, I'm going to be turned around and I'm going to be Nate's going to be back in my good graces. But right now, we're on Team Fuck Nate until until I'm sure. proven otherwise. Sure. Team Fuck Nate until I die. Uh, um, anything else from the we're trailer? Until we die. Yes, hundred. We're rich until we die. We're rich until we die. We know we are. We are. We are. We are rich until we die. die. Roy, Roy smiles. It says good <laughs> yeah. job. Roy yeah. smiles. That was big. Yeah. It does seem more normal seeing the three of them on the sideline than the four of them. Coach Ted and uh, Roy. And Roy. Well, I think it's a better. I mean, honestly, it's a really good combo. Yeah, hundred percent of attitudes. Like if, as a coaching staff, Beard is great. Beard's analytical. Um, Ted's positive, but then ha- you you kind of do need a negative guy. And unfortunately, Nate was that guy, but he wasn't in. You know, not a negative guy, but a guy who could just rip into somebody as needed. Yeah, but the different the difference is Roy has gravity. Yeah, and Nate Roy's and been he- there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, all and and see, Nate's problem was that he's he's a tactician, and that's what Beard's job is. So yeah. his fit in the team never well, really. And, and like in the grander scheme of it, Nate's problem that led him to where he is now is seeing that oh, when he was an asshole and called out all the team's issues and told Roy he had to play angry. Oh, that worked. Oh, being an asshole worked with that restaurant of getting that seat at the very front. So he saw it again and again that. He took it as being an asshole was what he needed to do, but in real, he just in reality he just needed to learn the difference of standing up for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And even like his greatest coaching accomplishment, that false nine, Nate's false nine, was spawned because he was pissed at Jamie. He was pissed that Jamie was back. Yeah. And he wanted to, he wanted to take Jamie and Danny off the uh, off the attack. But how Let's could you get Danny Rojas? How could you ever be mad at Danny Rojas? Football is life. I need him to show up in other things. Everyone else has started. Like, I start seeing them in other stuff. We have, have seen, seen Danny him? in other things. Recently? Well. He he was in Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, yeah. He sure was. Yeah. He sure was. <laughs> um all right, let's switch gears here, head over to the Lord of the Rings. Some big news. Uh, the last couple of weeks with Lord of the Rings talking about new movies, new TV shows on the way. This week, we're going back. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, extended edition. The four-hour runtime is returning to the theaters for its 20th anniversary this month. Louis shaking his head. Nothing gets me more excited than a four-hour version <laughs> of a movie that was already too long. So I mean, now we're getting into blasphemy. The last little edge on the sentence there, getting into a little bit of blasphemy. Uh, I, I guess I just didn't need all of the endings. One ending, two endings would have been cool. Yeah. So, um, but... You know, I it's interesting. Uh, I'll be curious to see how many movie theaters are willing to do it because, as you know, you know, unless you open it uh, at, at eleven o'clock, how many times are you going to get a four-hour production on a screen? Yeah, yeah. If it's one screen, you know, if you get an eleven o'clock and then you roll it again at 
three thirty, four o'clock, and then an eight four o'clock and an eight thirty, call it good. I mean, you can most you can get is three screenings at the absolute most. So they will be packed though. There's enough built-in audience there that they will be packed, but I don't see this becoming like a multi-week anniversary run. No. No. They're going to get their cloaks on and head on down. I'm getting a lot of negativity out of, out of, out of Louie over here on the Lord of the Rings. I'm not liking hey, dude, I saw I saw all three of them in the theater when they hit. But, you Beautiful. Your, your Bucky Barnes. I read it in, in 1937 when it was published. <laughs> No, oh no, I've never read that fucking book. I, I started and I was like, wrote, you know, I don't know, 20 pages. And I was like, no, I'm out. Did you start The Hobbit or did you start? Oh, with I read Lord the, of the Hobbit. Rings? The, Hobbit's, the Hobbit's a 275 page novel. Yeah. That, that you can yeah, it's actually. It's a children's read. book. Yeah. Yeah. It's 275 pages that Peter Jackson said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking make this into three, three hour movies. Three movies somehow. Yeah. 275 pages. I still hope you could not do that movie in one. You could not do that book in one movie. There's too much going on there. Yeah. Yeah, but he created a shit ton of filler. Yeah, he did. Hey, as long as he comes back to make the new ones. If he doesn't, though, what are you going to do? Still go. You'll still go watch. I'll still go. I'll be there on day one. Yeah. Um, Creed three reviews starting to come in. They're looking great. Best Louie, you brought this up. I did not see this. Best opening weekend in the Rocky verse ever. Yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan's a star. The year of Jonathan Majors. Everything kind of coming together for this movie really well. It seems. I I love this movie's press tour of just how it kind of showcased Jonathan Majors' personality. Hmm. He's a he seems like a really fun, genuine person. No, it's it's going to make fifty eight million this weekend, which is by far the most in the franchise. Just oh, this yeah. weekend. I just this is kind of a sequitur, but staying on with Jonathan Majors, I just looked up his whole filmography. For a guy that didn't ha- was not in a movie or TV show until twenty seventeen. Let me just read read off this run that he went on over the last six years. Hostiles, the best Western in a decade when it came out, probably. White Boy Rick, yeah. stupidly fun movie. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you think it was awesome, whatever, stupidly fun movie. Out of the blue that I, I don't really know what that is. The Last Black Man in San Francisco, great movie. Goalie, really good movie. Jungle Land was fine. Then he's in Defy Bloods. Then he's really? in The Harder They Fall. Then he's in Devotion with Glenn Powell. Then then he's in Quantumania. And then he's in this. And he was in Loki, too. And he was in Loki. He yeah. pops in in Loki. And he's got another one that's supposed to drop later this year that's that's also good, uh, according to one of the, one of the pods. Other oh, and he's also the lead in Lovecraft Country. Uh, along with that is he's on a run insane run we're, we're already saying in 2023 the year of jonathan major is it major or majors 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 like he's already been on a solid several year stretch yeah and i mean just that this, these are the only things he's ever done 
Well, I think he was like a, you know, he he studied theater in college and then went and went, did play work. And yeah. They, and then this is when he decided to go and pivot. So. It's awesome. I love it. Oh, and he's, I pull up IMDb to double check to see if there's any other like small ones that they notice that Google doesn't. And of course the entire top banner ad is Creed three, Jonathan majors. And then you go down and it's like, Oh, here's more Jonathan majors. Of course. Here's another Ant-Man ad right next to it. Um, anything else on Creed? I mean, excited about it. I would assume we're going to do a little review here in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully maybe that's we'll gonna be on so. me. We'll see. See what we see. We'll see what we see. I got to dig a break. Okay. I'll be right back. Moving over to the MCU for a hot second here. Came out this week. Hugh Jackman will be playing what is being called a dual role in Deadpool 3. Uh, doesn't, Doesn't say exactly what they will be, but speculation has been that he will be playing multiple variants of Wolverine. Deadpool 3 kind of seeming more and more like uh, the event movie of this kind of run of the Avengers, or this kind of run of the MCU, bringing the X-Men in, multiverse stuff, the colliding of words here, worlds here. How are we feeling? 100%. 100%. This, I mean, this will probably be the movie event of 23, you think? Oh, it's not till 24. Or yeah, I think oh, it's 24. It? Oh, I was off. I mean, I still think this will be one of the biggest event movies of 24. Yeah. Frankly, because... Sorry, just finishing my thought. It Frankly, because we've been asking for Hugh and Ryan Reynolds, Wolverine, and Deadpool forever. It's an interesting flex by Feige, in my opinion. Because I, I think... Well, I know how it was with me and my own with Vince. Like we watched every Marvel movie when they when they come out, we would go. We still do. We still go and do, you know. Like we saw Ant Man opening night. We saw Wakanda Forever opening night, even though he's in college. So this is still our thing. But I'm wondering about it as being if this is really this big launching point for the X Men, and it's your first R. And and Deadpool's not a, a casual R with a couple of f bombs. No. It's a hard R. Yeah. To, yes. You know, like, like, I don't want to bring, you know, if I'm a parent of a of a 10-year-old who's like all, all in on Marvel stuff, I don't think I'm gonna go see Deadpool 3. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it I it's it's an interesting flex from the family narrative and how you do that. It's great for us. Like, you know, try to offend me. I dare you. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, the the parents of ten year olds are and are just shouldn't go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look at like what other movies. If if Deadpool three isn't our jumping off point into the X Men and isn't bringing this in, if they come in earlier, like where the options would be, and there's really not a lot. Like we've got the Marvels that they could theoretically fit into. We've got. Captain America New World Order. I mean, I think we've been getting more, you know, mutants a little bit. Kamala Khan is a mutant. And Kamala they made that clear at the end of the season. You know, so they're they're doing it. It's just they haven't come hard yet. 
we've also got Thunderbolts in between now and then and Blade. Those are the only movies in between now and Deadpool 3. The and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Marvel specific? Yes. It's not coming in Thunderbolts. It's probably not coming in Captain America New World Order. Though it's not out of the realm of possibility that it would happen in a Captain America movie. I actually would put it more of a, more on the Thunderbolts. Oh, really? Well, who? Well, we, until we know who they're supposed to be fighting. Mm. Oh, you're thinking bring them in as like an anti, like a antagonist to the Thunderbolts, or no, the Thunderbolts no, is an antagonist being, to no, them. No, just being innocent mutants trying to live their lives. Yeah, and then uh, Val puts together the Thunderbolts to go fuck them up, and then the Thunderbolts actually go. Wait a minute, these guys are okay. Yeah, that would be fun. So, you know, until we until we see who the cast is in Thunderbolts, it's hard to predict. Who, you know, it, it it really just depends on who who the who who's out there. Well, we know for a fact that the Thunderbolts will have Bucky Barnes, U.S. Agent, uh, David Harbor's Red Guardian, and Val, no, obviously, cute. and Yelena. Other than that, I don't think we know anybody. No, no, no. Did, did uh, Echo and Echo and or not Echo. Ghost is supposed to be in it. Ghost is supposed to be in it. You're right. And, and then the villain you, from Black Widow. Yeah, yes. you said Taskmaster, Taskmaster, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I could see that. That would be fun. I like that. It's not going to be Blade. There's enough going on with that movie already. It's just it's just out there. But but I mean. Because the next movie after Deadpool is supposed to be Fantastic Four. Because the next movie after Deadpool 3 is, as it is set right now, Fantastic Four. So we got to get it in before then. What if Deadpool 3 sets up Fantastic Four? Is that, yeah. Do you think that's a possibility? That's kind of what I'm thinking, is that they're bringing in multiverse stuff with this. They're bringing in mutants with this. And then post credit scene Fantastic Four. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Um, anyway, we don't really know for sure. This is a fun kind of looking forward thing to do with it. We got a little hot second of news before we hop into our review and kind of discussion. of This was confusing. Jon Favreau came out this week revealing that season one and two of The Mandalorian took place over many years and that Grogu spent two whole years with Luke training with Luke before returning to Din's side when beforehand it hadn't really been, it hadn't been laid out. It hadn't been told to us that it was only, you know, a year or whatever, but yeah. it had seemed short. Yes. Like if you had to, like if I you would... had to ask me, it would have been like a year for season one and two of Din and Grogu uh, so yeah. hanging out. And like, I would have guessed a couple months. of weeks with Luke. I would have guessed a couple months between season one and season two, and then a couple months with Luke. Hmm. Well, the the weird part about it, or I mean, and this goes back to a problem that I actually have with Empire, which is hard to say out loud those words, but like Yoda and Luke's training was was so incredibly minimal. Like, yeah, what was it? I mean, while that's going on, you know, Han and Leia are being chased by the entire sum of the Empire. You know, and then uh, Luke's able to get to uh, Bespin 
that damn fast when he figures it out that he needs to go there and try to rescue them. I mean, we're talking what, two days, three days, five days he was with Yoda? Yeah, I mean, if that. So right. so the fact that, that Grogu and Luke are spending two years, I I I actually appreciate that. I don't, you know, but it it does seem retconned because when when you know Din shows up in Book of Boba Fett, I mean the the droids were building the houses for the for Luke's um Jedi Jedi school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those are, it, it's a so great point. If that was supposed to be a two-year deal. So I it I I do get it and I kind of like it because it pushes us further into where you know where it will eventually tie in with seven, eight, and nine, right? Yeah. This seems to me to be the most like trying to get to that point what you're bringing up there louis is that it's trying to push the events of the mandalorian and then eventually the events of ahsoka and then book of boba fett wrapped in with that further out from the original trilogy and closer to the sequels Mm -hmm. so they can start filling in more of those gaps i think we're definitely we've been predicting it for a while the uh same sort of strategy of saving the prequels with the clone wars happening here with the sequels coming through to fill in some of those gaps. I think Louie hits the nail on the head with his summation right there. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I blasphemed against uh, empire, but. Um, yeah. Like we said, like not a huge, not really like a huge development. It doesn't really change anything. Just kind of a weird thing to think about. Well, and, but if you think about the season one and two of Mando too, um, so Mando I think is living paycheck to paycheck, right? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, when do we really need to see him hustling up to get a few credits to get enough fuel to go from one planet to the next? Because because that's part of the the reality I think for his his situation is like he he's broke as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and he gets outside of the food. outside of the armor that he wears, he's broke broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I I'm sure if we go, there's a Reddit out there right now that's going to tell us, you know, season one, episode three is three weeks before season four, and then there's a six month gap, and you know, all of the shit's going to be kind of kind of done out there. It's like, remember that time he goes to meet Cara Dune on this planet, and blah blah blah. So, yeah, that'll definitely get done. You guys want to hop over to The Last of Us? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's hit it. So since the this is going to get into some spoilerly talk, so if you do not want to be spoiled for The Last of Us episodes 4 through probably all the way through 7, um, give it a little 10-minute, 15-minute break here and come back and listen to us talk about Star Wars. And if you haven't seen Star Wars, well, then have a great rest of your day. True. If you haven't seen Mando, we'll talk to you guys later. Um, let's just start from the beginning. Let's start with episode four and five. Let's talk about Sam and Henry, the Sam and Henry story. Yeah. Louis, what did you think the cliffhanger on four leading into episode five, being the person that hasn't, that hadn't played the games, didn't kind of know what was coming? Um, God, now that's weeks ago. Now I got to think back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, the, the, it was interesting just coming into the whole the whole uh Kansas City space and and seeing that um uh 
was fascinating in and of itself. Um, but the the not knowing, well, I guess that was the reveal that 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 Ellie was, you know, that her trying to give her blood was fascinating. You know, like thinking she was the antidote. Yeah. Um, which then, you know, how did that happen? What did what where did that come from? Um, was all really good. Um, but then obviously when, when the brother went and took his life, it was like, so like, it made sense. It made sense. Why do you want to live in this world? If, if this is the world and your brother just all of a sudden turns into a zombie and you have to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like at that point, there's no point. I, I, I get that. It's the immediateness of that grief. Yeah. Yeah. There's no 12 step program for that. Not yeah. in a dystopian world, where you're going to find some good in anything at that point. So totally, especially after being ousted from the entirety of your community, yeah. because you were just doing what you needed to do to survive. Yeah, totally. Um, the Sam and Henry, it brings up one thing that they're doing in the show that the game didn't do. The game showed you the gory suicide the game showed you the people being eaten alive the movie or the tv show it keeps cutting away and just showing bella ramsey as ellie's reaction to these things and i'm kind of loving it i think we get so much more we don't need to see that i mean there it is the destruction there's terrible you know like I, I don't need to see a guy blow his, his face off. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to see sure. that. Um, I think she's doing so – like her body acting, her acting through facial reactions in those moments is bringing so much more to the moment than the shock value of that would give, at least to me. I, it, it's kind of contrasting of like that and I think of like Zombieland. Where like mm. you get every little minute detail, and there's not a lot left to imagination. I'm I'm kind of with you, Caleb. I do appreciate that. Uh, just the shock, fear of it from someone else's. We we probably have an idea of what they'll do, of like what's happening there, but I think the reactions are almost appreciated more. Mm. Um, the other bit like that this episode four and five run gives us is the is the collapse of Fedra, the collapse of the last remnants of the U.S. government slash U.S. military slash any sort of connected civilization that was still holding on. Um, you can kind of see in the first couple episodes that the Boston QZ is holding on by a thread. Mm-hmm. Now we see Kansas City, where the revolution has recently happened, and the citizens have executed it it seems pretty much every single member of fedra in kansas city Mm -hmm. and they have no they have a civilization without them at least for a little bit yeah yeah sort of trying to figure out their own thing the end scene of episode five one of the coolest like set pieces i think in the show so far the truck slamming into that house falling below ground and then you just hear the zombies coming up before you do and then we get the tank um the tank zombie coming up and just ripping people apart literally 
that was awesome. That was like the first bit in because we had gone a couple episodes. Four had a little bit of action, but it had human on human action. We had gone a couple of episodes without any real infected. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome way to bring them back into the fold. It it's almost like having being starved of that infected action almost makes you appreciate how intense and terrifying it is when they are there. Yeah. Especially in overwhelming numbers like that. Yep. Um, a little bit more. I mean, do we want to talk about anything else out of episode four and five? Anything else kind of stand out to you guys? I, I want to say, I'm trying to remember, because I know at one point I was waxing poetically about uh, Pedro Pascal's acting. Mm. But, but, but I, honestly, if you, you, as we're talking about it more and thinking fast forward up to seven, Bella Ramsey is the one who sh- needs to be nominated. Oh, she's yeah. been so good. Right. The the um, I'm gonna jump in over Louie here. The scene with Sam and Ellie just playing in that old preschool was such a cool little glimpse of letting them be kids. This whole world has forced them to grow up quickly, and right. it was it was a nice scene for both Joel and uh, Henry to try and recognize that it's okay to let them be kids for a bit. Mm-hmm. yeah i really love that um and then moving in it's talking about acting performances i think six and seven are we talked about episode three for nick offerman being you know one of the best acting performances of the show so far i think six for pedro pascal and then seven for bella ramsey each were like one episode apiece for them to really really show off yeah Episode six, let's hop into that. We got the Jackson, the fir- Ellie and Joel's arrival to and kind of first tour around Jackson, Wyoming and the community that spawned up there with Tommy. I mean, Pedro Pascal put on a master class in that episode, at least to me. That that last con- – but all of the conversations one-on-one with him and Tommy were so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and- – Someone did a back-to-back of the game Mm. of that scene with Joel and Ellie talking about Joel's daughter and Joel leaving her and then flipping it over to the show to show to demonstrate to us like how close these are, like how much the show hits the nail on the head. Yeah, so let's hop over to Jackson, episode six. We brought up the uh, the funny communist we are communist line uh tommy figuring out that he had been uh wearing the color red without realizing it overall though like the portrayal of jackson the first time we see calm in the storm of the world of the last of us how did you guys feel about kind of the vibe how did you guys feel about the episode i i i it was funny when I was watching, you know, they all went to a movie theater and they were watching. Uh, I was like, why Richard Dreyfus movie? What is this? You know? So then I had to go Google it immediately. And it was like, Oh, the good girl, which he won an Oscar for in 1978 or seven or whatever. It's like, you know, which of all the Richard Dreyfus films, that's not anything anybody ever thinks about. Right. Yeah. Like you're, you, you start stacking Richard Dreyfus movies from the seventies and jaws, it's close encounters. It's American graffiti. Nobody talks about the one he actually won an Oscar for. Cause you know, 
whatever. Um, but I thought that was just a curious choice. Like, like the music choices in the show are curious. Like when they, they play, um, you know, what they're, you know, like episode seven opens up with her playing Pearl Jam and the Walkman. Yeah. And yeah. not like a major Pearl Jam song. So it, it, it's, it's just curious. It's been funny to see and- on social media, the people like, because the show changed from the game. The game like starts in 2013. The outbreak happens. The game moves it back to 2003. And so people going through uh, and being like, this was the last album that they would have went to the record store for to oh, buy. Or before. the last NFL game. Yeah, the last NFL game that they would have watched. The the last MLB World Series that they would have watched. It's been fun to watch that. You know, Louis, to go one step further on your music note, Remember the whole bit with Joel and Tessa and um, Ron Swanson's character, um, mm-hmm. the whole way they communicate with music. 80s, but if 80s bad. music is playing. Yep, music means bad. Which is why in episode, I don't know if there's a whole lot we need to talk about six. The best thing we talked about was, you know, the acting performances. We hit on those a little bit already. But to transition us into episode seven with that, mm-hmm. that's why the episode opens and closes with a couple of songs from the 80s. How do we feel about episode seven? Ellie's big episode. Um, well, as I told you before we started recording the whole thing today, I was, you know, as the guy who's never seen it, walking into the show and then seeing, um, you know, that the, we're doing the flashbacks and stuff. But I I always figured that Ellie's uh, infection that she has was, um was an experiment i always figured she was an experiment then that's where she was now having to go out west to share it and share her antibodies but um now we found out no that's not entirely true so we get to see episode seven opens with the start of the winter arc from the last of us joel is incapacitated after being stabbed at the end of episode six uh ellie's gotta go well Ellie's got to decide whether or not she's staying, and it sends us into this flashback of the last time that she lost somebody close to her, really only a couple of months ago for Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. Her girlfriend, yeah, really not that long girlfriend ago. by the end of the episode, best friend by the start of the episode, uh, Riley, portrayed by the wonderful um, – oh, what's her name? Um, From Euphoria. Like Storm Reed, that's her name. I knew it was Storm something. The wonderful Storm Reed. Mm-hmm. I really thought both of them killed it in this episode. I thought the yeah. like, and it's nice seeing not, not like radical angry Ellie. You know, like we get yeah. a little bit of fun kid Ellie in moments with Joel, but for the most part, when she's interacting with non-Joel people, she's like she's angry ellie she's traumatized ellie and for a little bit here we get to see eventually what causes that but we get to see carefree ellie for a little bit it isn't it's what i talked about earlier with that preschool scene with ellie and sam it's another episode of teenagers getting to act like teenagers going to the mall shopping around playing at the arcade um before you know an infected comes and fucks up the entire day. But I think it's another example of showing why Ellie is a little more hardened. She got the chance to be that teenager and then she lost her best friend turned girlfriend. 
also just the the cinematography of this episode i think is maybe the best of the show so far specifically with the mall scenes like the lights in the mall the shots through like through the window or like when we get to see the infected that eventually kills riley and gives ellie the first bite that lets her know that she's immune we see like behind the american girl doll like through the store into the back like it was so such a cool way that they shot all the different scenes from this episode that episode i 100 percent got some zombie land vibes when the mall all lights up the neon lights yeah mm-hmm. well and, and and just watching ellie experience things for the first time like you know i do not remember the first time i was on a carousel mm. i i bet you guys don't either or an escalator but, when she had that whole little bit about the escalator. Oh, that's right. later. These were things that were just part of our lives. These are, you know, they're not mega, mega weird experiences. And Although growing no- growing up in Roseburg, I can say I do remember when I got in an elevator and being kind of this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's also a thing that I am loving more and more about the show, how they're tying in explanations for things that they introduced early in the show like the music from why can't i remember nick Offerman's character's name uh bill bill yes like the music that we learn about them playing the 80s in episode one then we find out in bill's episode 80s music is bad here we get to see how ellie gets that dad pun joke book yeah there's a constant running bit in this show of introducing something and then explaining it later of how this character came to be important to them or how it plays a role in the world and i appreciate that of testing the viewer's patience all right any kind of last thoughts here on we got two episodes left two episodes to get through the winter section and make our way towards seattle i'm not looking forward to joel's death which I'm assuming probably happens in the final episode, but I don't know because this shit's all new to me. So I'm trying to do this without spoiling anything. How about we just leave it? Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask like when you started thinking Joel was going to die. Um, when I saw the cast list for season two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. Actually, no, I think I, I talked to somebody or somebody told me that season two is 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 about Ellie. So okay. early of the yeah. game. So um and I don't remember where that came up, but that's yeah. Okay. So. Uh Ross, anything you're thinking heading into the last two episodes here? Again, by this point now, this is getting to the point. This we oh, are you're in past. The territory where it's I have not gotten past this in the game yet. Gotcha. So now this is also, I know the ending. I do know how it ends, but the last few steps of the journey, I'm not familiar with. Gotcha. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how they navigate these last two episodes. I'm really excited to see your guys' reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the end of it here in a couple of weeks. It, talk about do- the whole season as a whole. Do we all like? Is this slam done for one of the best shows of the year already? Oh yeah, you can shut down the Emmys. It should be on top ten lists. 
it's I think it's gonna shut down a lot of top five lists. Um we'll see. We will see. I mean, and I say that because right now, you know, we're gonna pivot into Mando real quick. Mando's looking pretty fucking good right now. Yep. We got Teddy we got our boy Teddy in 10 days. Yeah. Um, you know, there's gonna be new shit coming out. Mrs. Maisel, I know you guys aren't on that on that train, but Oh, I, no, I, I like that, that show. Well, you like that? I've seen okay. a few episodes of it. Yeah. That's Abbott Elementary new season comes out this year too. So I mean, it's it's hard to, it's hard to make definitive top five when we're when we're on March fifth. So, fair. I think know. this is a show. Talking Emmys and award show wise, I think this is a show that stacks up really well to clean house with a lot of things. It will. It's and and. You know, the um, was it the I think May 1st or something is the is the deadline to get a show for an Emmy nomination. So so it's definitely in that cycle, but they're going to be hitting TV shows are going to hit us with a lot more uh, on the streaming devices to try to nail these things right now. So, yeah, sure. hundred percent. All right, let's head into our review of slash discussion of Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1. Let's start off, I think, with a little bit of bingo check-in. To I'll, I'll bring back up our full list before we talk about whether or not some of them got ticked off. Louis' list, Moff Gideon's maniacal laugh, Din's helmet comes off, Sabine Wren shows up, an A-list celebrity small cameo, and another IG droid. My list, Grogu touching a button he shouldn't have in a ship. Din Djarin adopting slash caring for a droid. Bo-Katan becoming the Mandalore, the ruler of Mandalore. Hondo Anaka showing up and Asajj Ventress showing up. And then Ross has This Is The Way. Grogu eating something he shouldn't. A Forgotten Jedi showing up. Old Separatist battle droids and the first rumblings of a larger Imperial Remnant slash the First Order. I think we've got questions on two. Yeah. We've got an IT so, droid. Uh, yeah, let's go off the for sure's that have hit. The for sure's that have hit. The, Ross got this is the way out of the way. Right off the rip, really fucking fast, and then they made sure that I they made sure I got that good. And then Grogu ate ate the candy without asking. Yeah, there's two. Grogu ate the candy without asking. Ross got two, and almost ate a Babu freak. (laughs) That was great. That was really good. Ah, it was so good. No squeeze. No squeeze. (laughs) Put him down. Put him down. I love Babu Frick just by himself, but seeing like ten of those little guys, also yeah. their little tiny door, their little tiny door to get into their workshop. That, that didn't—he's inside at the end. He had to have just army crawled through. And he's just get sitting in there. crisscross applesauce. That entire yeah. scene was so comical. And then Carl, oh, you know, Creef is like bending down and repeating everything that he—that was clearly understandable. I got it. I got it. Oh, uh, it was so good. All right, let's talk about these debatable ones. I think Louie has a debatable one, and off of that, I have a debatable one. There oh, is an IG droid. Moderator. There is an IG he hasn't droid. Adopted yet, but he's about once once he gets the memory, the the new the updated you know the 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 yes. memory card that he's going to stick in, 
then that he will it will be another IG droid. It won't be the original IG droid. That's and, where I think your loophole is. I think you don't get it yet, but I do think you will get it once there's a new memory because therefore it is a new droid. Yes, and then but also by still default at that IG point, 11. Caleb, I think. Correct. Uh, Correct. Caleb, I think at that point too, that's when your adopt a droid checks off as well. He can't adopt or take on the droid now. To be fair, I did say adopt slash cares for, and he does care for IG eleven in this episode. You both are gonna get it at the same time. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Is that caring something? That sounds like an abusive relationship. He brought him back to life. And then he and then killed him again. <laughs> um so so I mean one, didn't kill one him. little bit of you know the the who played the voice of IG oh damn it it was Taika okay yeah I was checking to see because it didn't sound like Taika so yeah. I thought maybe if there was a new actor playing IG then I could have <laughs> that would have been a nice little loophole uh huh uh huh all right so we're saying Ross has two off the board he has his M yes. and his A of Mando and then yeah. me and Louie are at net zero so far. There were no cam no cameos that I noticed. No. I tried to no. look it up and I didn't see any other ones. No, there's nobody of, of major substance yet. So Okay. That's what, that's okay. I'm not Ross I'm not is up worried. two letters to none so far. I thought two to one for both of you. I don't think oh, we're no, giving I'm it to either of us yet. Okay. Not yet. He doesn't have Great the new start. memory chip yet. Once the when the memory chip and they they reboot him, then we both will get that. Yeah. Once it and is then, a different IG droid, technically. And then the IG IG twelve, just call him that now. IG twelve yeah. will go to Mandalore, right? Yep. And, and go. Dude, this shit ain't poisoned. Somebody's been lying. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. I, I think that's what we're heading to. Let's do a quick recap of what happened slash uh, what we you know really enjoyed from this episode and then talk about where we think we're headed. Uh, episode opens with the, with, uh, the Children of the Watch, a new introduction, a new uh, initiation of a couple of young children into becoming a Mandalorian, giving their helmet and never being able to take it off again. And then super crocodile attacks. Super croc. So did you did you, either of you guys think for a moment that that was a flashback scene to when Din got in, indoctrinated to the cult? I did. Um, for no, well, actually, for a second, when I saw that helmet, I thought it was a Prey Vizsla flashback. Oh, Ooh, that could have been really cool. Yeah, I was definitely thinking that, that we were going backwards, but. Um, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And it was Mando it was had to show up and save the day. Um, awesome fight. Mm -hmm. Shows off, you know, a cool Star Wars monster thing. Always fun. But also the different kind of styles of fighting of a bunch of the different Mandalorians of the children I thought was really cool. And then the Naboo Starfighter getting a little big love episode for the Naboo Starfighter. A lot of showing off Din's doing yeah. in that oh cockpit. My. That was such such a fantastic star fight. Yeah. That was, you know, I don't want to jump to the conclusions. That was an elite star fight. 
Almost as good as as uh, Anakin Skywalker, one of the greatest fighters ever. Almost as good. Uh, right after that kind of introduction, we get a confirmation that Din Djarin is an acolyte. He is not allowed around the children of the Watch. Unless... You mean apostate? An apostate, yeah. Thank you. Um, name of the episode, and I got the word wrong, but he will be allowed to rejoin the Order if he returns to Mandalore to bathe in the living waters underneath the mines of Mandalore. That's some I'm... fucked up shit. It is. I, I... I want you to go to this poisoned planet and then go bathe yourself in the water. Right? They know I... it's a poisoned planet. I'm going to be honest. I think the whole twist to this show is we're gonna, he's going to get there, go through that those trials, and then realize, oh, I have the dark saber. I'm the fucking ruler here. I'm making the rules now. I think so, too. Oh, I am the captain now. I am the captain now. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, after we get that, then Mando heads back to join up with Grief. No. Is it Bo-Katan first, right? No, no, no. Bo-Katan's the end. Bo-Katan's yes. the end. So yeah, Mando goes to rejoin, re-meet up with Grief Karga back on... Does anyone re- remember the name of the planet? I can't remember. Uh, Navarro. Navarro, yeah. Good yeah. call, Louis. A cleaned-up Navarro. Very cleaned-up well, Navarro. Yeah, he, he well, Dude. Grief is trying to sell him some real estate. Um, the two-year two time jump makes more sense seeing that. Yes. Exactly, and that's the context stuff that it's providing, right? Like yeah. this is part of the reality is like the the galaxy is changing and evolving in this time frame. Rapidly without the Empire holding it back. But, uh, but they're still bitching about the New Republic too. They are. Grief Karga does not want Navarro to join the New Republic. He wants to be an independent trade spoke. Uh, he wants Mando. He asked Mando to be their marshal. Mando turns, which Mando turns marshal down. Marshal or warden? Marshal, because Marshal Caradun just ab- just left somehow. I, I texted Caleb. That was an interesting bit. How they're out with her was she joined some special forces from the. Re- the well, that, that was the original storyline, right? Like she was supposed. That was the entry to the Rangers of the New Republic show. Was supposed to be Caradun yeah. joining them. So now the yeah. show is axed, but they're sticking with the storyline to get her out of the. Yeah. Whatever. It's been two and a half years now yep. since like why are why are people still pissed about this, to be honest? It's been two and a half years. She wasn't even that like the character was cool, but she was just whatever. Anyway. She wasn't that part she wasn't that big a part she was not a big part of the story. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right after uh or on Navarro, Mando and Grief Cargo run into some pirates of this new pirate, Gorian Shards group that used to drink on navarro and are pretty pissed that their bar got turned into a school which is a funny little uh funny little bit of world building that really didn't mean anything but i thought it was funny and then well yeah yeah yeah. no it's it's cool the 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 evolution of the plan you know yeah what's what's happening and then mando takes uh sorry they try and fix ig11 can't fix ig11 they need a new memory uh, circuit that are out of production. They got to go find an old one. A bunch of the Babu Fricks tell them that they can't fix them unless they get it. And then we head to off planet. We get 
this awesome space fight that Ross was talking about between Mando in the N1 Starfighter and a bunch of Gorian Shards pirates. We get a brief little look at this Gorian Shard guy and then who's just a giant bush. Looks like Swamp Thing. Yeah, really just Swamp Mm -hmm. Thing. He's Space Swamp Thing. Uh, And then Mando holds off. We get to Bo-Katan. We get a little re-meeting of Bo-Katan and Mando. Bo-Katan is pissed that she can't uh, reforge Mandalore without the Darksaber. She seems like she's just given up, ready to live in her castle. And that is where the episode ends. She's laying the trap. Yes. Yeah. She's laying the trap. Um, she is. I just want to bring up. She is the the queen of gaslighting in the Star Wars oh, yeah. universe. The absolute queen of gaslighting. When Obi Wan comes back to Mandalore, she looks him dead in the eye and tells him that he is the reason that her sister is dead when she started the goddamn rebellion against her sister. Fast forward to now, she looks at Din and tells him that he's the reason that she can't reforge Mandalore when it's really just because she didn't get the Darksaber and she's pissy about it. Yes. It's so funny. Granted, she does have have real gripes with the Children of the Watch, right? The Children of the Watch are the remnants of a Mandalorian cult, basically. But still... She helped put them in power. Yeah. And she's pissed about the entire civil war that splintered between those two factions of Mandalorians. It's a whole another political battle between them. But she's the queen of gaslighting. Oh, totally. Totally. What I will say, jumping back, jumping out of the Mandalore politics, jumping into some of the earlier bits in the show, I text the tale of that scene with Mando, the pirates, and what was the guy's name? Grief Karga. Grief Karga. That whole standoff was something straight out of a Wild West movie that was so cool. Yes. Grief still showing that uh, even though he's wearing the robes of the ruler, even though he looks like he's taking up the cushy life, he can still he can still gunsling with the best of them. As him and Mando gunned down four pirates Super in the city center. Did you like the uh, the thing where he was called magistrate? No, that's high magistrate. It was yeah, almost magistrate. like Dwight Schrute, you know? Yeah. Assistant to the... <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, uh, we mentioned so. the Babu Fricks, but what are uh, some of the other favorite scenes out of this episode from you guys? Honestly, um, the asteroid battle, yeah, the asteroid field battle was awesome. Like you know, and he was just like using them. He he was using them very well to set up and 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 just blowing these pirates out of the water. So obviously, these he's we're going to have more pirates. Pirates are going to come into play at some point as well. Again, and and you know, everybody's favorite pirate waiting in the wings. Oh yeah. Oh, this sets it up so easily. So easy. Well, because the thing about Hondo, Hondo's a pirate. Yeah, but Hondo's a businessman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's all about, he doesn't, 
he's not he's not going to be out there looking for revenge. He's going to be looking to score, right? So and uh, what's his name? Gorian Shard. I mean, he's hunting something around Navarro. Mm -hmm. Pirates aren't yeah. pirates aren't around when there isn't money to be made. And right. Mr. Onaka has a great sniffer on his face for some uh granted he doesn't really have a nose but for money to well, be he's made. got the pig for that he's got his little ugnot yeah he's got a couple of Ug oh my god if we get the ugnots why won't we, we? we've seen them they can do it we have you know? to and just, instead of nick nolte this time we'll have brian cranston <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Anything else out of the episode that you guys want to bring up? Specifics? Or we want to talk about where we're headed? Foster on the castle throne. You know, she looked she looked more like Loki than, you know, she did not like look like Odin. No, she had a castle throne. She had a nice lackadaisical seat in that in, on that throne also nobody else around her castle just the droid no. that or she hit everybody she didn't yeah. want she didn't want well, no, to meet sabine no she made remember she made that point that all the mandalorians that worked with her left her because her big promise was getting the dart saber yeah they all went to go be mercenaries right which i think that's an allusion to if din wants to rebuild mandalore all you have to do is she literally said it. Just flash that dart saber around, and they'll do whatever you say. Hundred percent. But he doesn't. He doesn't want it. He doesn't his, even know his, what his, his loyalty. His loyalty is not to them. It's it's to Grogu. Grogu's his clan. Hundred percent. But we've seen it time and time again in Star Wars. It's not about wanting to take the call. Sometimes you need to. Uh, all right, where do you let, let's transition this to where we think we're headed? We kind of brought up a little bit. The pirates are coming back. There's no way you bring up a cool ass looking pirate like that. No way we bring Swamp Thing into the mix without uh, some more connections there. Now that they say, well, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think you know it. I feel really good about my prediction that that we're going to see um, Sabine. Yeah. Right. Like she's definitely definitely going to be the bridge that's going to get us going to the Ahsoka uh, show. The announcement that they are going to do Book of Boba Fett season two makes me wonder: Is Boba and are we going to go back to Tatooine? Mm. Which we know we know we're going back to Tatooine because we've seen uh, Amy Sedaris's character in the previous. So we're going back to Tatooine again. Boba Fett's going to have to make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, have to. There's also, you know, Navarro needs a marshal. There is a marshal out of work over on Tatooine now. We can get a little more Timmy elephants in the action. Never a bad thing to get the elephant man. And it's been that two-year gap. He's been in the back to tank. Yep. Maybe Let's he's get... up and moving around. And and maybe maybe uh, Boba's finally healed of all of his villain his his you know dark lies. He's he's ready now. I'm curious now what we'll get with Tatooine with this two year jump. Yeah, Tatooine's gonna look different. 
We did we? Oh wait, no. End of End of Book of Boba Fett is is End of Book of Boba Fett is around here because End of Book of Boba Fett is when he goes to get Grogu, the two year jump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, so, so no, so Cobb Vanth is not exactly healed yet. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, where else? We got to talk about the Mines of Mandalore. We got to talk about every time I say it, I almost say Mines of Moria every single time. <laughs> but I, I, I hit on this already. I've already shared my thoughts, but just to reiterate once more, it. I think it. He'll go there looking for redemption, then realize, oh, by Mandalorian Cree, I'm the ruler here. Fuck these rules. Let's remake them. Yeah, that seems right to me. I mean, we're heading to Sindari. We have to. The the domed capital city of Mandalore. Louis, your prediction is that Mandalore isn't actually poisonous. Do we think we're going to see, you know, some some lost Mandalorians just hanging out in Sindari? Possibly. What if that that was your pirate threshold or stronghold? Or some other deep organization has been using it under the cloak of this place is poisonous. Don't come here. Right. Not to keep somebody's going to be there. Not to keep just banging the Hondo drums, but that would be a very Hondo Onaka move. Just be like, nah, it's poisonous. You can't come here. When in reality, it's just his home. Meanwhile, they're, they're stripping, they're, they're mining everything for, for whatever they can. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, I'll be curious. You know, I'm 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 glad to see IG eleven or twelve come back. Um, be curious to see what other who else comes back. You know, I I mean, I think a lot of it is about laying stuff for the ground for the future shows. But you know, if not Boba, then definitely Finnick Shand will be in. Um, but I think both of them probably. You know, maybe some of it is. Man, like Mando stuck around to help Boba Fett in that battle for Mos Espa. Mm-hmm. And maybe Mando is calling in a favor with Boba. Like what you said, goes there, goes to Mandalore, figures out it's inhabited by pirates. He goes, grabs Boba Fett for some help. Clearing the, it out. Who's the Boba guy I know that's in the business troops. of cleaning up planets? Yeah. Who's the guy that got that has his own criminal, not criminal, but like his own underworld organization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's going to go there to find the droid part for the IG-12. Because uh, Peli Mato will help him. Because who's his best repair person? Right? Yep. She's got, she's got droids around her. So, so like uh, that recruiting Boba Fett for Mandalore, those rogue Mandalorians that are bounty hunters that worked with Bo-Katan, I yep. think Mando will rally. Well, and she's going to take him to an, a really old Watto who's going to have droid parts sitting around. I wonder. My boy. <laughs> I have it. You know. What What if, because we had the two, already the two sides from the Mandalorian Civil War, Din going there, rally those man, rogue Mandalorians, he now creates a third sort of little mini Mandalorian plan. Yeah, oh, kind of bringing that's... the Children of the Watch and Death Watch together. Yeah, sort of where like the Death Watch with the armor don't fully accept him. 
but then also Bo Kratan doesn't fully accept him, so he kind of ends up running this new third plan. I like it. I like it with Sabine, probably. Sabine's got the ties to... Sabine and, and Bo-Katan are, as far as we know, the only like still operating heads of great Mandalorian houses. As far as we know. Because none of the Vizlas are left, right? No, that there is um a Vizla, the uh big dude with like that Gatling gun. Oh, Vizla. has he became, he's been confirmed Raz, to be a that, Vizla. Interesting. Yeah, a Vizla. That, I did not I, realize that. Not not Prey Vizla, Praz Vizla was who Praz. I thought that opening helmet was for. Okay. Yeah, the 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 character, the guy in the I'm looking at the cast list from the episode. Praz Vizla is the big dude. Is the okay. big, big one that's been with been with the armor from all the way along so far. Okay. Like when they were on Coruscant. So we have we have Clan Vizla, we have Clan Kree's. Okay. This will be fun. Um, all right. Any other is there any other storylines that get hinted at that we haven't really brought up yet here? Not really, right? We kind of touched on everything. We hit on a lot of points, a oh. lot of different ways this could go. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon's awaiting trial for uh, a, a New Republic War Tribunal. My guess is you don't get rid of Giancarlo Esposito without giving him another scene, right? Oh, he's he's it's yeah, he'll come in. He'll come into play because he's the one who's going to get Grogu's uh, blood. He's got to get it out to Exegol. Yeah. Somehow yeah, right? he has to. Do we think, I mean, this could be the start of, uh, this would be kind of cool, like, sociopolitics of Star Wars. This could be the start of, like, you know, there's too many war criminals for us to try everybody, right? Like, we can't get rid of all of the Imperial remnants. So, you know, we're going to give like pardons. We can't get rid to... of all the Republicans that were involved with January 6th. Yeah. You know, we're going <laughs> to, yeah. We're going to give a pardon to moff gideon maybe and that's how he's getting out and we start talking about you know this is the seeds of the new republic being just the same as the old republic that let uh the empire rise or or somebody like your your girl asajj ventress is going to bust him out mm, that would be fun somebody, you know, like somebody busting out uh moff gideon would be pretty badass that would be really fun That'd be a nice way for Asajj to come on the on the scene. We do like prison breaks. We do. We got an Imperial prison um, break. It's only right that we got a New Republic prison break. I, I I think one of the things that I I you know and again all due respect to Andor loved it. I did. I I like seeing the more diversity of species of different species in in the Mandalorian world versus. Um, you know, even if it's just giving us the little salacious crumb guys sitting in a sitting in a tree on on Navarro, it's reminding you that you're in Star Wars and you're not just in Coruscant filled with humanoids the entire time. The Kwakian monkeys were nice to see. Yeah, I think part of it also was the way Andor was set up. It kind of needed to be that human centric bit. Yeah, just with like the way it based it around laying the foundations of the uprising against the empire, how it broke in, broke up all species 
on where they were doing their labor imprisonment yeah. at? The concentration camps. Yep. The ethnic cleansing that the Empire was trying to do. Bingo. But give me more Wookiees, damn it. More yeah. Wookiees. Have we gotten a Wookiee in Mandalorian yet? No, uh, Boba Fett. There was, Boba Fett. Uh, yes. there was the big guy. Ooh, so then if we are meeting Boba Fett again, we're probably going to get a Wookiee in Mandalorian. I mean, it would be awesome if we got Black uh, Chrysanthemum hanging out with Mando. Cool. Santo. Black Chrysanthemum going to Mandalore would be fun. Oh, gosh, yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, he's the only Wookiee. Plus, we've had Gunji in uh, Bad Batch recently. Yeah. But... The last of the Wookiees bopping around. Chewie's still out there, obviously. Chewie's out there. All right. Still I think that's about it. I'm Looking good. forward to seeing where we're going. Weird, I think, that they're dropping both Mando and Bad Batch episodes on Wednesdays. I would think that they would split them up, but whatever. Does make for a nice double feature if you can. It is a nice double feature, especially yeah. since they're both twenty minutes or you know thirty minutes, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Any last thoughts here for the pod, guys? No, I think we're you know, let's let's. I'll, we'll see where I am. I'll, I'll have definitely watched it, but you know, I got I got hopefully three three more basketball games to watch this week. So hopefully, everybody yeah. in the world that listens to this podcast on the Kelsey Pataro yep. train right now. All right. This has been who asked you the podcast. Absolutely. Nobody asked for, but we will continue to provide. You can follow the show over on socials at who asked you. That's the letter U pod. I'm at Lasha Peck. Ross is at R Parker 209. Louie is at Louie 101. And Alec is at Alec M underscore one. Same time, same place next week. Have a great week, everybody. Later days. Later.